Hello, my name is Austin Cheney. And I'm Keenan Dunkley. And this is the A&K Happy Hour. Just two bros drinking some beers, talking about whatever's on our mind. Uh, this is our first show, our first attempt at doing podcasting, so hopefully it doesn't go too bad. Keenan, what we got on tap for uh, the schedule today? All right, we got a pretty solid show today. We're going to start off with some sports debate. Then we're going to move to some politics, everyone's favorite topic to discuss with their best friends. And we're finishing up with the Can You Believe It section, featuring some beers. And then finally, we're going to try to test you, Austin Clever Cheney, in sports trivia. All right, let's get into it. All right, first up, we'll talk about sports. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I am a student at Clemson University. Keenan goes to that other school in South Carolina. Uh, I won't mention its name. But uh, if you haven't heard the news, Clemson won the national title, beating Alabama 35-31 in an all-time classic for the net, for its first title in 35 years. Keenan, what is your first reaction? Disappointment, anger, rage, depression. No, but yeah. in the in the end, I was happy with the game. I was texting you during it, and I said that I thought a couple of the quarters were a little bit boring. But in the end, the game finished out, as you said, a classic. And we're just going to really outline some of the highlights and some of the stats. And then, really, I think you and me really can debate or contradict each other on the contentious point of Bo Scarborough leaving the game, as well as some penalties or refing in the game as well. So let's get into it, Austin. Really, I want you to outline what you thought of the game as, you know, an emotional bystander, we could say, as a Clemson student. Well, uh, we were, uh, I was watching the game at a, bar, at a pop-up bar in downtown Clemson with a few of my uh, friends, and, uh, oh my gosh, watching the game, it, like you said, it was a little slow to begin out, kind of like a stalemate. I think the defenses were just stepping up, trying to make an impression, trying to, you know, showcase what they had in their game plan. I know Clemson's offense was very stagnant, uh, and uh, there was a lot of expectation going in this game, I think, after you know, with it being a rematch of last year's title game. Um, Deshaun Watson, I don't know, from my opinion, he didn't really appear to be making those like Deshaun Watson plays, um, at least at the beginning of the game. Um, and Alabama's defense was living up to the hype of what people were saying was the greatest defense of all time. Uh, uh, in terms of Alabama's offense, Bo Scarborough, he, uh, he was a beast out there. And, you know, of course, he follows the trend of every other big uh, beast of a running back that Nick Saban has at Alabama. And he got up to a 14 nothing lead, and I will be honest, we were all scared to death. I thought it was going to be like a shutout, blowout. Alabama was going to rule the world once again. But uh, we came back. Keenan, how did you deal with the second half? Yeah, well, I was going to outline, I mean, I know probably a lot of people watch the game, and of course, Deshaun Watson's stat line, over 400 yards, three touchdowns, um, throwing, one rushing, impressive. Again, the second half, I thought was a little bit stalemated, Jalen Hurts struggling offensively to move the ball, and we're going to discuss that. And in the end, we do know the final score was 35-31, Clemson leaves the national champions, but a lot of people, especially... Salty Alabama fans are going to debate today, Austin, and you know that Bama was outrushed by 10 yards, outthrown, 
and a lot of that can contribute to a freshman quarterback and an injured star running back. So I'm going to take the contentious point, Austin. Does Bama win with Bo Scarborough in? And I'm just going to outline a couple of things, and you know I'm a little bit biased against the Clemson Tigers, but Scarborough, star running back, fighting injuries all year, a five-star, breaks his leg, that we now know was a fracture in the third quarter. Tigers outscore Clemson 21-7 from that point on. Alabama loses. I mean, Austin, you and me were talking about it off show, and we really thought this was going to be another 2010 Mac Brown, Colt McCoy argument for Alabama fans for years to come. What do you think? You know, it's, it is what it is. Injuries are a part of the game. you got to live with it. You know, it's unfortunate that you got injured because – you know, when when you're playing in a title game, you want both teams to have, you know, all their players healthy and all their players playing their best. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. I heard one argument um, watching the news and watching other sports debates. A lot of people were saying that since Bo Scarborough went out, Alabama's offense was just stagnant. Jalen Hurts wasn't really making too many plays. Um, and it kept the Clemson on offense on the field for the majority of the rest of the game, which – may have tired out that Bama defense and led Clemson to come back with that game-winning drive at the end. But, I mean, in all honesty, Bama was able to score without uh, Bo Scarborough. Jalen Hurts came in the clutch and won the, and, you know, did his job in, in terms of trying to win the game. Um, I don't think you could blame Steve Sarkeesian since he was the new offensive coordinator. Um, he had a really great game plan for that, for uh, the game. But... I mean, honestly, I, I don't think that – I don't think Bo Scarborough being injured in the second half is, you know, going to have too much of an effect on the result of the game. I think, honestly, the best team won that night. I don't know, Austin. I mean, I think even Kirk Cousins can tell you Bo Scarborough is a baller. And I think yeah, he'll we all be a, saw that tweet. We all saw that tweet. And I think he'll be a baller for years to come. I mean, Jalen Hurts, a lot of people are saying, especially from your sideline, Austin, that he can't throw – and he was shitty, and that's why Alabama lost. I mean, the kid had almost 3,000 yards, three TDs. He's a solid player, but I think the moment got to him. And I think, Austin, you and me were talking about it. It's the classic, it's a once-in-a-lifetime player who beats Alabama. A Cam Newton, a Tebow, um, and you now... Johnny Manziel. Yeah, a Johnny Manziel, and now a Deshaun Watson. I'm like, these are just... Killer players. Now, Johnny Manziel, he's a once-in-a-lifetime something else. But in the end, it's a once-in-a-lifetime play that beats Alabama. They'll recoup. And I think Clemson will have a strong season next year. It was an exciting game. Hopefully, we can start our Instagram and Twitter account, put that picture of Austin chugging the champagne up on our podcast link so y'all can check that out. Because you know, my man Austin was not in his right mind on that night. But... Congrats to the champs, Clemson. We're proud of them. Now we're going to focus on less on the players and I guess more on kind of the head ball coaches, Austin. Dabo and Saban, what do you think? Well, how do their legacies go on from here? Well, I mean, a lot of people considered, thought like if Nick Saban won the title, he would be the greatest coach of all time in college football. Um, and, you know, some people even think of that right now, even though he lost the championship game. He's still a great coach. You know, he probably will win probably another two or three before it's all said and done. So, I don't think his legacy was hurt too much. For Dabo, though, this win was huge. Finally proves that, you know, Clemson's no longer that just that underdog that 
you know, you can't just disrespect and ignore. They're legit. They're for real. Dabo's done a, a fantastic job. Mm. Rebuilt the program ever since he got the job in 08. And okay, I think okay. he's up there as one of the best coaches in college football today. See, Austin, I will butt-chug this Miller Lite if Dabo gets more national championships than Nick Saban. Uh, I hate both coaches, but I got to say, I don't think Saban's legacy is harmed a whole lot from this loss. And you can disagree with me, but I mean, the guy is now 5-1, was undefeated. He has 19 total losses at Alabama. And I agree with you. I think Clemson wanted it more, and I think maybe this will actually give one of those classic they felt entitled, come back and win it after you've been beaten down edges to Alabama in the future. I mean, Bama will hang around. Clemson will probably hang around in the top three of the ACC. I don't know if they'll be able to beat Florida State next year. But in the end, I don't think we're going to be putting the Bear Bryant greatest coach of all time plaque under his statue, if you know what I mean. Give Saban some more time. He has the talent. And I think... There were some great tweets sent out by the Alabama players, and I think the Clemson players were gracious in defeat, but either way, this is going to be a sharp knife in the gut for the Alabama defense mostly, especially toward that end of the game that was glorified all year. So we'll see, but again, I just don't see... I see Davo Sweeney as a premier coach. I don't see him as one of the greatest of all time. Now, I, I guess maybe you said the greatest in college football currently. Well, obviously, he sits with the top best team in the nation, so... Can't really argue with that, but in the end, Bo Hurts and Watson made the game. I hate seeing that little shmarmy kid catch the final touchdown. What's his name, Austin? Uh, his name is Hunter Renfro, and he's your worst nightmare. <laughs> All right, well, in the end, it was pretty good, dude. Closing comments, I still think Alabama wins with Bo in, but that's just me. Hey, go Tigers, man. Go Tigers. All right, Austin. What's up in the boys who play on Sunday? Well, we got uh, the NFL playoffs going on. Um, it's now bigger and bigger games this weekend. We got the divisional playoffs. Four big games. Um, the two on uh, Saturday, January 14th. We got the Seahawks coming off a big win against the Lions in the wildcard game, going to the Falcons and their top offense. Then uh, for the nightcap, we got the heavily favored Patriots hosting the Texans. Um, and then Sunday, two really good teams. We got Steelers at Chiefs. And the big one, everyone's talking about, Packers at Dallas. Hey. So, Keenan, let's go straight to it. Who you got and why? All right. First off, I got to throw some mad props on my man A-Rod for the destruction of the dreaded Giants. Usually... Eli is the man come the postseason. Not this time. The Giants lay an egg. Aaron throws for 362 yards, four TDs, and balls out. Austin, we thought this was going to be a great game, and I'm going to make the bold conclusion that next week's going to be a blowout for the pack as well. So I'm going against the spread. I don't see the rookie quarterback sensation Dak Prescott beating the Packers, who are on fuego currently. What do you feel? You know, a lot of people are, are picking Dallas just because of the great season they had. Um, Dak Prescott has been solid, probably one of the best rookie QB seasons we've ever seen. Um, but, I mean, the main reason why we talk about Dallas is Zeke, man. 
Ezekiel Elliott, that running back, he may be a rookie, but he's a grown-ass man on the field. So This is true. He's his lucky charms, Austin. He is. He is. And he's he's always gobbling up when he gets the ball. You know, especially with that offensive line, blocking him and giving him a lot of holes. But for me, I don't care what the stats say. I don't care if they're playing in Dallas. I trust Aaron Rodgers in a playoff Yes, game. sir. Yes, sir. And Austin, I mean, go ahead. My bad. He is on a roll. I know Jordy Nelson's out with broken ribs for that game, but A Rod, or the real A Rod, in my opinion, he's just playing on that elite level that makes him a legend. So I think you gotta respect that. You gotta give you know the better quarterback the opportunity. The you gotta give him uh, without a doubt the game, and I say Packers win. All right. So Austin, what's the score? Or give us the spread, bro. I have packed I say, by... I say it's going to be close for sure. I say Packers by six. Okay, I have packed by seven, so we're pretty much in agreement with that one. All right, bro. Atlanta-Seattle. You said it was the underrated game of the week off show to me. Why do you think so? Well, I mean, you got... I think these two teams are a lot more similar than what people think. You got Seattle with Russell Wilson, who's been on a tear, you know, especially the last couple of years and this season for sure. Um, is the passing game for the Seahawks has been really legit, and they have a solid running game to back it up. Falcons are just the same way. Matt Ryan, who's probably going to be the MVP this year, arguably the best receiver in the NFL today, Julio Jones. Yeah, that offense for the Falcons is just on fire. And it's somewhat unstoppable, but, you know, you can't doubt the Legion of Boom. And, you know, I got to throw a shout-out to Vic Beasley, along with Clemson, leading yeah. the league in sacks for the Ball. Falcons. So, I think great offenses on both teams, good defenses to back it up. It's it's going to be a close one. Austin, Atlanta is terrible in the playoffs. Can they break through? Maybe. But... Matty Ice is Matty No Dice in the playoffs, Austin. He's trash. He could be Ice. He could be Matty Ice Cold in the playoffs. Yeah, very true, my friend. I'm loving these terrible puns we're throwing out there. But hey, you started it, not me. But Austin, like taking an experienced milf over a young co-ed. I'm going with the Seattle Seahawks by three in this game. Pete Carroll knows the playoffs. He knows. Fighting against adversity in the odds. This defense is stepping up. Russell Wilson, you can never underestimate him. Seahawks by three. You know, as a Panthers fan, I may hate saying this, but I'm going to take the young, fresh co-ed. I'm going to say Falcons in a little bit of a shootout. I'm going to go 38-34. Wow. All right. I'm going to have it at 27-24. Seahawks. All right, we'll see what happens. All right, and now they call it the losing to the Patriots Bowl, the Steelers versus the Chiefs. Who you got, Austin? I mean, Kansas City's really good. They looked like a solid team all around. Offense, defense, special teams, run game. You know, they're they're a team that's equipped to go far in the postseason, let, let alone win games in the regular season. But... Steelers, they finally have all of their key offensive pieces. You know, Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and Big Ben, all, all healthy in the playoffs. Although Big Ben does have that bad ankle, yeah. so it'd be a good game. 
But I'm going to give the nod to KC at home in Arrowhead. I'm going to go, say, 27-21 Chiefs. Yeah, I'm saying toss-up. I feel you. I like Le'Veon Bell and Ben as the QB running back combo of the league. I know that's kind of controversial with Dak and Zeke out there. But Le'Veon Bell, I like his running style. He's had a great season. I'm going to go Steelers in this one. But it's close. It's close. It's close, yes. And you did say losing to the Patriots Bowl. We'll see what happens next week. But for Saturday night, Keenan, does Houston have any shot at all to beat New England in New England? Well, Austin, they have about as much shot as me landing International supermodel Adriana Lima, so take that as you will. But I would say that Houston is just a team of frustration for me, Austin. I feel like it's a B on a test, man. You get so close to the A, but you just can't get there. There's always some missing piece. It's been injuries to Watt and Clowney on the defensive side of the ball, and now it just seems there's there's not even a quarterback, Austin. You could put a shadowy figure. Just put a blank creative player box. It doesn't even matter. Who is playing? Is it Osweiler? I guess. Maybe. I mean... Whoa, whoa. Whoa, wait, hold it. Slow your roll. Let me, let me give you some hope. If Houston fans, if you're listening, this is a, a, a way for you to believe in your team and not just, you know, make plans for uh, a trip to Hawaii during the cold offseason. But... Brock Osweiler, he did play well against the Raiders. I granted that defense was on the field a lot when they had a rookie quarterback who couldn't do anything in the wild card game. But Osweiler, he looked pretty good in my opinion, Keenan. Yeah. Wild card game. No, I feel you. I feel you. And Clowney is coming into his own. He's kind of the new JJ Watt of that team. I feel like he'll be the defensive leader soon. We don't know Watt's future, but Osweiler was on point. He just made no mistakes, which had been his problem. The thing is, though, Austin, this team is young talent, but without a stable star or franchise quarterback, they're not going to beat the New England Patriots, especially in Foxborough. I totally agree with you. I mean, they were shut out earlier this season by the Patriots in New England with a third-string rookie quarterback. So, I mean, if that doesn't say that Houston has no shot, then I don't know what will. But you got respect. You got New Hopkins, one of the best receivers in the NFL today from my favorite school, Clemson. You got Jadavion Clowney, your oh, boy oh, from South oh. Carolina. He's wrecking the defensive line. But you only got two stars on a pretty boring and average team without them, or even with them, in my opinion. So I got to go Patriots. I mean, they're favored by 15 and a half in the Vegas. Uh, I think it's going to be more. I say it's a 24-point blowout. Wow. All right. No love for the Texans. Uh, I mean, I'm honestly going to be rooting for the Texans, but I don't expect for me to be happy at the end of the game if you catch my drift. So I'm going to take the spread. It's 15.5 right now, 16-ish. So I think New England will cover that pretty easily. All right, all right. So we'll see how things go. It's certainly going to be an entertaining weekend. You know, we got a lot of good teams, a lot of close games matched up, except for New England. Sorry, Houston fans. 
But, all right, so I think that closes it up on the sports end. But we do have one last thing to talk about, Keenan. News came in yesterday, the Chargers, after fifty after 57 oh, yes. years in San Diego, are moving to Los Angeles now. Let me put down my beer for a second, Austin. All right. For one, let's just have the dumpster garbage rivalry of the sub-500 Los Angeles Rams and the five-win Los Angeles Chargers. I'm fired up, Austin. Already booked my condo in downtown L.A. I'm pumped for it. Said no one ever. Well, I mean, I'm from Los Angeles originally, so this this was big news for me. You know, I for years have won an NFL team in Los Angeles, and now we got two in a span of two years, True. which is entirely shocking to me. I wish they both did better. I mean, if it wasn't for the Rams and Chargers, then the Niners and Browns would both be winless teams. But <laughs> I think... I think it's a you know a good time for LA. Good point. I don't really necessarily like the idea of the Chargers leaving San Diego. San Diego's a really nice city, really passionate fan base, and they got screwed over because you know the, the Chargers and the city of San Diego couldn't agree on a new stadium. So we got two teams in LA now. It's a lot like New York. You know, we'll see what happens, but you know, it's just the way business happens, man. But the Chargers. I don't know what they were thinking with their new logo, Keenan. I don't know if you've seen it. Yeah, we got it pulled up right now, and we can kind of give y'all the imagery. Austin, how would you describe it, bro? Well, I mean, I'm not the greatest expert in Photoshop, but I could definitely do a far better logo than that five-second piece right there. You know, it. I understand you want to respect L.A., but you're taking away from the Dodgers logo, and you're trying to throw a little lightning bolt like you're the freaking Tampa Bay Lightning. And speaking of those lightning, they had a pretty funny tweet, Keenan, Let's talking hear it. about them and the Dodgers. Let's hear and it. Call them out, Austin. Call out Chargers. Let's I, go. I gotta give a shout out. They had the best tweet of the entire week after the news about the Chargers moving to moving to LA. And uh, folks, you can check it out. We'll probably post it on like Twitter, Instagram once it comes up. But. I mean, it's it's just a it's just a sad time for San Diego, and I don't know. As an LA homie, I I don't really feel too good about the Chargers in LA, but we'll see what happens. Austin, who's the dominant team there? The Rams or the Chargers? Well, the Chargers, uh, if folks don't know, the Chargers had their first season in LA before they moved to San Diego, so they're originally from Los Angeles. Um, but I think the Rams have more history in LA, um, so I think they have more popularity. A lot of people just don't really care about the Chargers. They're like the LA Clippers, you know. That no one's going to talk about them unless they're really, really good. So, got to the Rams right now. Got you, bro. All right. Again, I got to kind of just point out real quick comment. The irony that, you know, what was it, Austin? Everyone thought Oakland was going to move because they were such trash. And now the team is good. They don't move. Everybody else does in California. So, except for the 49ers, of course. But we shall see. All right, Austin, what's coming up on the show? Well, uh, I think that's 
I think we're done with the sports end of things. Um, now it's the time to go into politics. We got a lot of news on that end with uh, Donald Trump becoming president and Barack Obama heading out the door. So I'll ask you, what do you think of the Trump presidency? Well, there's a lot been said about the Trump presidency, and I don't think we're here to just speculate on what was numerous months of ups and downs and scandal and trial and tribulation. But in the end, I think that it's getting a lot of flack before it's even begun, Austin. For all the don't judge a book by your cover and we're going to treat everyone equally and get to know them and all that kind of stuff, it seems like it's only true when it suits people. So I do feel like we need to give this a shot, you know, give it a chance and see what happens. I think... Everyone rooting for Trump to fail and these celebrities calling him out and all that kind of stuff. And I mean, some people say, oh, they're just trying to dictate policy and, you know, help him maintain equality and all that kind of stuff, which is great. But I think it's kind of like if you're rooting for the pilot of your 747 to be a terrible pilot, you know, you're all going to die if he crashes the plane, Austin. Mm-hmm. So... Again, that's my opinion. I know you and me fall on different sides of this, and we won't get super personal about it. But a couple things. Meryl Streep, you know, Austin came out, and she was honored at the Golden Globe, spoke against Donald Trump, and you and me have a little bit differing opinion on it. I just want to hear what you thought, and if you thought it was appropriate, etc., etc. Well, you know, it's popular amongst the last couple of years for sure. Of celebrities making um, their statements about um, the politics and the political world on uh, the platform that they have, since they're very popular and a lot of people, you know, follow them and listen to what they want to say. Um, but you know, it's freedom of speech. You gotta respect it. You may not agree with it, and you may not, you know, like it too much. But it's what they want to do. And I mean, honestly, if you don't like it, then just ignore it. And move on. So, you know, I I am concerned with Trump being president. You know, I don't really trust him too much. I didn't vote for him, for the record. Um, but you made the good point. You don't want to root for him to fail because if he fails, that means America fails. And that's just not good for all of us. So I wish for the best, but I hope that, you know, we all learn from this and we can you know grow as a nation and hopefully uh you know get the best possible outcome i feel you i feel you well spoken quite eloquent and i mean i'm just gonna kind of i agree i'm all for freedom of speech either side if you don't agree with it that's why we live in this great country austin we can make this mediocre but soon to be awesome podcast but Mm -hmm. i just gotta say If I'm making a graduation speech, I don't bring up my religion and make everyone comfortable or my political views. There's a time and a place for everything. And whether they, I think most celebrities probably are um, Democrat leaning. Mm -hmm. And I think even some of them were uncomfortable that it was just unexpected. If they go to a Democratic seminar or a Hillary Clinton stump speech, they probably expect that. But at a Golden Globes award, I don't know if we should have all this political um, infoiling with awards and entertainment value. So that was my point on that, and I agree I think in the end, and this is going to be controversial, Austin, but no one really cares what celebrities think. 
just because you play a cool spy on television doesn't mean you're the cool spy in person. And I think celebrities are coming to realize just because we make them worth millions of dollars doesn't mean that we necessarily care what they think all the time. They're people just like us. We can dispel their opinions equally or accept them. So I thought it looked a little desperate, but I understand we can disagree on that and still respect each avenue of discussion. So Austin came out really this week that the wall, the huge wall, would not most likely be paid for by Mexico, but instead by Congress, a.k.a. the taxpayers, you and me, Austin. Mm-hmm. What do you think about this? And are you mad that Trump, even though you weren't a supporter, is already kind of renegotiating his campaign promises? Well, frankly, I'm not surprised. I, he made a lot of bold claims while campaigning, and I think it was just a way to get voters to support him. That's my personal opinion. Um, but, you know, he's, he's trying to get his policies done, and I don't like the idea of my, you know, taxpaying dollars, which takes up a lot of my income, it has to go to a wall. I don't like the idea of a wall, but I understand it. Um, we have a lot of immigration issues going on in the last few years, and we need to address it, to be honest. But, you know, it, it just it doesn't seem right for someone to completely change plans on what they want to do as soon as they win the position. You know, if I apply for a job, you know, I, I try and be honest and say, you know, I want to be committed to the you know people I work with and the people I serve. And I want to do the best possible job, and you know I'm going to stick to those ideals if I do get the job. So you know, for him to you know realize that Mexico is not going to pay for it, which we all kind of predicted, and then have to go to the taxpayers to, in my opinion, save his butt. It's a little disheartening, but he's the one in power, so you know we just got to respect it. I got to ask though, do you sleep outside, Austin? Uh, at times, you know. Usually, Austin, do you sleep outside? No, I sleep in my room. Okay, and in your room, and I assume your house slash apartment, there are walls, Austin. Am I right? Yes, yes, there are walls. Okay, so your house has walls to keep out the elements and things you don't want in there, or random people walking by. Why should our country not have a wall, Austin? And, I mean, I think it's a little ironic that Mexico is using funds from their government to pay for a wall at their s- southern border, but they don't want one at their northern border. And, Austin, I kind of think of it this way. If you and me were neighbors, and you had a fridge stocked full of high-quality liquor, and you never locked it, and you just said, you know what, bro, we're boys, help yourself to anything in my kitchen, and I just take your liquor continuously, continuously. And you said, you know what? I'm gonna lock my door, Keenan. Would I be in support of that? Probably not, because I'm getting all the benefit and you're getting most of the negative. So, as much as I want a path to citizenship and I understand that many immigrants coming to America are good, um, worthwhile people who are here to work hard and make a better life, I think that a lot of the Immigration turmoil has been raised by, one, illegal immigrants committing crimes, which, whether or not 
you know, a thousand illegal immigrants don't commit a crime and one of them does and it gets all the attention, it's still going to get attention because they weren't supposed to be here, Austin. So that's an interesting point in support of the wall, I feel like. Additionally, I just got to kind of raise the issue, and this is my personal opinion, so feel free to jump on it, but if you look at Germany, look at Paris, look at these places with much more open border policy, we have a lot of Syrian refugees, which of course we do want to be humanitarian and help in whatever way we can, but coming in and we can't, especially Europe, can't classify them all and pick through their background. So we do have a lot of terrorist attacks, these truck attacks, these shootings, hostage situations, etc. taking place heavily in Europe, it seems, where the immigration, many would say, disaster is occurring most frequently. So, I don't know, Austin, I think it's kind of the idea of maybe people don't want to be hateful toward people trying to come here for a better life, but there is that fear tactic that's playing. There is, there is a fear tactic. You're right on that. I think the thing we got to respect and understand is, although there's a lot of illegal immigrants that have come in and committed a lot of crimes, there's a lot more people who are just looking to make a living and, you know, make money for their families. And I agree they should, you know, go through the process of trying to become citizens and contribute to um, our government and society if they want to come here and work. Um, so that's why I think, you know, we need to overhaul the immigration process and make it easier for people to come in and become citizens rather than trying to just lock our borders and keep them out. Because, you know, it, it, it's it's the big conflict that's been going on um, this election. You know, are people, you know, using fear tactics like you mentioned earlier, or are people going to be more passive and sympathetic um, to uh, these people that, you know, were born into a lot um a lot more difficult lives, and they just want to try and do something better. So, you know, we can go back and forth, this, forth on this forever, but I think it's important that we focus on trying to help the people that want to do good for the country, um, and then just, you know, make efforts to try and kick the people out that are doing harm. I agree. You got to know who those people are, Austin, and I think Europe kind of had the sympathetic, let's help everybody, and they got burned. So... It'll be an issue. We'll have to see how it plays out. All right, Austin. I know I've heard through the process of selecting the cabinet for our 45th president, Donald Trump, that you have not been a fan of all his picks. Run down the list and kind of let me hear your opinion on what's been formulated so far. Well, I mean, it's... I don't know all the people's names. Um, I do know a lot of them are white, not to be throwing any stones out there. Um, but there's them? a lot of baggage on these people. And, um, you know, a lot of controversy. I know you have the former uh, chief editor for Breitbart News, um, who's going to be really close to Trump, and he's that, uh, you know, news organization um, put a lot of controversial stuff out there. Um, you have uh, the um, general out there, uh Mattis. Mad Dog is his name. Mad Dog Mattis. He, you know, I, I think he has good ideas, uh, but he's a little bit uh, aggressive in terms of his policies. Um, but I don't have too much of a problem with it. Uh, it just it just concerns me as a citizen when you hear all these picks and you hear so much 
um, negative things about them, whether they're true or not, whether it's important or relevant. It, it's just not something you want to hear, and it's not something you, you can be comfortable with. So um, I, I am worried, uh, and it's somewhat what I feared when Trump did become president. But, uh, you know, I'm just going to give him the benefit of the doubt and uh, trust that they're going to have the right mind and do the best for America. Yeah, Austin, I feel you. But, I mean, I got to disagree, Austin. These Ivy League graduates, they scare me, man. <laughs> I've just got to say, Austin, I understand that a lot of turmoil and disagreement has been raised about Banyan. Um, or Banyan, who, you know, we talked about his um, contribution to Breitbart News and a lot of right-leaning um, publications. But, I mean, again... I gotta think, whether you agree with him or not, he's been involved with Trump's campaign this entire, what is it, year-long process. So you can't really be surprised that he's going to be named to a high cabinet position. I mean, people could see that coming. Mad Dog, Mattis, it's interesting because um, this general actually wrote my thesis partially in a lot of his um, war strategy. And he's big into like video gaming for war tactics and simulation and stuff. So it'll kind of be interesting to see. I think a lot of people are like, oh, he's going to throw all our boys into huge wars against ISIS and stuff. But I don't necessarily think it's going to be that way. So, uh, and I don't think you do either, right? I mean. No, I don't think so. Yeah, so it's like, I think he's going to maybe bring a revolutionary idea to the military. And I think it's all about kind of making America respectable again. And I think you and me disagree on whether we're respected now or not or less or more. But in the end, I think that if you look at the cabinet picks, you did say a lot of them are white, Austin. This is very true. Um, I was pulling up some documents and was looking at Obama and Bush's um, cabinet picks and Trump has the most white men on there so lacking diversity but of course Trump also has no members of the opposing party while Bush and Obama did but a lot of people are like oh Trump's putting a lot of business people in there like Tillerson from ExxonMobil and all the you know all Carly Fiorina and all these people who are gonna just be like oh we're gonna run our country like a business and they're greedy blah blah well I mean Bush had more business people he had 12, and so far, I think Trump has around 8 in his cabinet. So, this isn't a new issue, necessarily. But, Austin, i got to ask you, Trump has the least amount of political experience in his cabinet by far. What do you think? You, you worried? You like more politician, less politician? What do you think? I mean, I do like the new idea of putting people outside the political world in government, because um, they'll bring fresh ideas and a different viewpoint on things. Um, but, you know, to have no political experience is concerning. You do want to have, like, that experienced voice, you know, who can, you know, keep people intact and make sure that, you know, they're doing the best and not just assuming that what they think is going to work. Um, but, you know, it it's something that I think that needs to be changed. Uh, we need to shake up this political system. Uh, a lot of people, frankly, have been frustrated on both sides with how things have been done in government or the lack thereof. Um, so it, it's it's a fresh uh, view on things and a fresh outlook on how we're going to do it. Um, 
And I think it'll set a precedent for like taking people from other unique places um, to help our country. But, you know, for me, it's just a little uncomfortable um, as a whole of all that have been made. I agree. I feel you, and I understand that. And I think, I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, to be honest. I mean, I don't think many people do. I think we can just kind of point to the populist movements, Bernie Sanders, Donald Trump, where the outsider and the guy who criticized Washington and the elite in Wall Street rose up. And I think that whether or not it's a good thing or it's a bad thing, people want to try it, you know? Exactly. Austin... You never know what it's like to swim in a pool full of jello till you try it. So, could be yes. great, could be terrible, Austin. I mean, I would probably lean toward enjoyable for that experience, but we, we don't know. So, again, we you will just gotta see. dive in and see. Exactly, Austin. Gotta dive in mouth open and just see. Alright. Austin. Obama. America's fave. Out. He's leaving. You sad, Austin? Did you shed a single tear? Uh, I don't. I don't shed a tear because I'm a man. <laughs> but you know, I I really did like Obama as a person. Um, while he was president, I think he had a great outlook on how you should treat the presidency and how um, you should treat all Americans, whether they agree with you or not. Um, and he was ambitious in what he, you know, trying to help everyone out with health care and uh, the economy. Um, but, you know, to say he did everything perfectly and America is the greatest it's ever been is idiotic to say. There's been a yeah. lot of things that have gone on that didn't work out and a lot of people criticize Obama for it. Um, so I, I think... He was a good man, which you want in a president. Um, whether he was the best president ever, eh, probably not. Uh, I'll respect that. Um, but I will miss him as president. He was a very cool guy. He was. Um, and he you know, cared about the American people. And uh, he'll, we'll miss him. Yeah, I mean, everyone's going to remember the mic drop, Austin. He was cool. He kind of... Obama out. Yeah. Obama out, dude. You called it. He, he redefined the presidency and went on talk shows and almost kind of made it a celebrity position as well as a political one. Um, yeah. And, of course, there were some scandals. Bergdahl to Benghazi to DNC hacking to Islamic terrorism to um, the whole server issue with Hillary Clinton. But I think a lot of people will argue domestically he was a very positive president. Obamacare, definitely, I don't agree with a lot of its stipulations, um, more for a single-payer system, but that's an issue for another day. But I think abroad, he maybe struggled a little bit. Um, rise of ISIS, U.S. relations, the Iran deal, which was a big movement forward in policy. A lot of people didn't really agree with it, who it was being made with, Iran, obviously. And, you know... As Obama's on the way out, I think he's 55% approval rating, so pretty good. He hovered in the 40s, I think, for most of his presidency, but less than a third of people um, interviewed in, a, I believe this is a Huffington Post poll, said they want to see Obama's policies continued. So it's classic human condition, Austin. If something's all right, not great, 
we switch it up and see what happens. Could be worse, could be better. Exactly. I mean, I feel like you can't um, criticize him for not wanting the best for the American people. And he is ambitious in trying to help us out. Um, people just don't agree with exactly how he did it. Um, and that's just the, you know, Norman politics. So I probably don't, I probably won't agree with everything that Trump does um, when he's president, but I trust that he wants the best for the American people. Yeah, agreed. Well said. So, on the list of rankings, 0 to 10, 10 being the best, we give Obama a... Awesome. What 7. Do you 7, I gave him a 6. So, above average. All right. That was fine. I think I didn't vote for him, but I think some the market crash, some things like that were handled well. I think ISIS and the Russian hacking, even to this day, I think he should have made the transition smoother for the next president. But in the end, he's out. Trump is in, and we'll see what's going on. All right, Austin. God help us. <laughs> I mean, I say God bless, you know, it mixes up. All right. What do we want America to be, Austin? And should we be... Uh, the world police? This is something I think um, we talked about a little bit off uh, the podcast. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of people, you see a lot of politicians trying to look for the best for America. But one thing I've never really heard is exactly what is their idea of a better America? Is it just a world-dominant power that overpowers over everyone with a large military and very intimidating um, foreign policy? Or is it one that is very open and passive and willing to help out people if they're struggling? Um, or are we going to be more secluded and isolationist and just focus on our own domestic policies rather than trying to, you know, fix problems elsewhere? So I will ask you, Keenan, what do you want America to be? I think America should remain the world police. Um, a lot of people think we're arrogant, and I think that was the problem with the Bush administration, a lot of people said. But in the end, we are the greatest nation in the world. People can argue it, but GDP-wise, um, military and defense spending-wise, we are. So we're the most powerful, and, I mean, our cl- high class of living, etc., um, unemployment rate, technology, would rank us amongst the top for sure. So I think we got to be the world police, Austin. I mean, if someone beats the shit out of your little brother, Austin... And you're the bigger football playing brother. You don't just sit around and do nothing. You got to go beat the shit out of the bully who beat the shit out of your little brother. If you catch my drift. So I think that we don't have to go headlong into wars and occupation. But I think that America needs to be respected again. And I think a lot of people who say, let's make America great again. And I think you respond with, when was America great, right? Yes. So... And why are we now, blah, blah, blah. Because some of the people say we're great now, we're not, we're never great, whatever. But I think people want to be respected again. And I think it's more the Machiavellian theory of feared than loved. I think Obama was leaning toward the loved. And I think we should, Trump's leaning more toward the feared. And we can kind of see that in his negotiations and talking to Taiwan over China and everything. But in the end, I think you got to be the world police. I think America has formed the world as it is for better or for worse but I think we cannot afford to sit and be apathetic yeah, I agree um, I always look back on history and think about like when was America considered like you know the best and when was the best time to be an American 
Um, for me, I always look to right after World War II in the 50s, we had a lot of baby boomers. Um, the economy was flourishing. We were the leader in innovation and technology. And uh, we really revolutionized you know, how people live in our society with the emergence of suburban homes um, and the perfect family lifestyle. Um, so I always think, you know, if we want to go back to those days, I think we need to focus on trying to lead um, the world in, in new technologies and new ways of living. Um, I think that's how we can, you know, put less of a dependence on foreign nations to import all of our goods and jobs. Um, and I think it will encourage us to, you know, seek our best minds and put our best effort into improving our, our lifestyle. You know, me being an engineer, I always want to work on new technology and work on new things. Um, but, you know, we also need a strong military and we, and we need to, you know, be together as one world um, rather than just be our own country and ignore all the world problems. So I think it's a balance, but I think it's important that we strive on, you know, bettering our future rather than just being narrow-minded and focusing only on today's issues. I understand. And I think a lot of people say when you said the 50s, they'll be like, well, what about equal rights and everything? And I think people confuse, like, the idea of something being good with being perfect. Like, just when, or great. Like, just because something's great, like, many people would say, wow, today was a great day. But I'm sure there were homeless people and people dying, you know. We could still say it's great. And it's a, uh, a matter of perspective, I think, in the end. And what we want to do, and the whole point, I think, of the Trump presidency, and really any presidency, but Trump kind of capitalized on it, Bernie Sanders a little bit too, was let's make it great for more people. And that's the idea. It's never going to be great for every single person, but let's make it better for everyone and great for more. Yeah, I, I mean, we are a republic and the citizens are the ultimate voice in the country. And so if we want to make our country, quote unquote, great, we got to focus on its citizens. And if you have the majority of its citizens, um, happy then i think you're making america happy yeah and if we have some tax cuts austin and spend a little less on shrimp on the treadmill it's all good bro yeah and get free college so we don't have to have a burden once we do get our degree and start the workforce uh, i'm a little biased i don't know about that one but you never know all right austin we've come to the point in the show where we ask can you believe it all right. And I ask Austin, Conor McGregor, Floyd Mayweather, can you believe there will be a fight? Can you believe it, Austin? I want to believe it. I want to believe it bad. <laughs> um, I heard on the news that uh, Floyd Mayweather said he tried to set it up, and it was uh, Conor, Conor McGregor that was preventing it. Um, I'm sure Conor McGregor will say uh, the same thing, but vice versa um i i wanted to see it happen but i don't really see the point i mean floyd mayweather is not going to be going mma against conor mcgregor because mcgregor will just destroy him and honestly i don't think conor, conor mcgregor is going to be that much that much of a better boxer than floyd mayweather um so i mean i want to see it but honestly i don't believe it all right, so it's like a big X on the believe scale. We're going to put a big old X. All right, Austin. 
Now we ask, Austin, our coolest or foolest section. Okay. All right, Austin, I was watching the NBA over the weekend, and, of course, they always have the kiss cam. It's not always televised, but then you see it posted on social media later. And the newest trend seems to be, Austin, to shun your girlfriend and kiss your beer while you chug it. Yay or nay, is this coolest or the foolest, Austin? Um, well, as a single guy, I can't really comment too much because I do love beer. But, uh, it's, it's funny, but if it's a trend, I think it's a little sad. You know, I mean, if you take your girl on a date, you know, going to the basketball game, I'm going to assume it's probably more of the guy's thing rather than the girl's thing. So, you better make her comfortable and happy to be there. And if you're smooching on your beer rather than your girl, then I think you're going to be left alone with your beer. That's just my opinion. This is but true. I'll ask you, Keenan, what do you think? I'm in total agreement, Austin. That's what leads to alcoholism, bro. Very, very true. Very true. All right. Round number two on coolest or foolest. Fake news. Is it funny or are people too dumb, Austin, and they believe it? Well, they always say a person is smart and people are stupid. And with the emergence of fake news, it's definitely reaffirming that. Um... I heard Trump call CNN fake news, which I don't know if that's true. Um, but, you know, you got shows like uh, Daily Show, um, Full Frontal with Samantha B. With Samantha B. Um, they do present, present, like, you know, credible facts and reports on what's going on, but they always have a humorous side to it and an outlandish view on what, what it means. Um, then you have things like The Onion, which... It's just completely fake and completely hilarious. Um, so I think it's good. I think it's cool. But you don't want too much of it. Because if it's too much, then who knows what to believe. So we'll give it the check mark for the coolest. Bing! If you're smart enough to identify that it's fake. All right. Third and final, Austin, we were talking about a professional fight, and now we're talking about just one that's pretty much played out sad. Chris Brown and Soldier Boy, rumored to... First, it was going to be a boxing match in Los Angeles... Or, no, I'm sorry, Las Vegas. But then both of these so-called musicians said that they would fail the necessary drug test for a legal fight in the U.S. Are we surprised, Austin? Coolest or foolest? Uh, if you think that they are completely sober for this fight, then you're just a flat-out fool. That's my opinion. And frankly, I like to see them on drugs trying to fight. That'd be pretty damn cool. How about you, Kenan? I don't know, dude, but I would not get a face tattoo like both these fellas have sober. True, true. I mean, and one of them is being trained by by Mike Tyson, who has a face tattoo so I don't know if it's the best but I would say the idea of this fight between two rappers who have beef on social media I think this is really cool and really funny sell it in the ring flat out gloves banging you know stop shooting words and start throwing punches that's my opinion uh, I feel you Austin I think the rumor is the fight's gonna happen in Dubai then so there's no drug tests no rules Dubai party house and Austin, who cage you... Cage fight! Oh, wait, no, maybe not cage fight, but yeah. we'll see. Uh, I don't know about that one. But Austin, 
for a case of beer. We'll place the bets right now, and our listeners will have the proof. Who you taking, Chris Brown or Soldier Boy? Well, Chris Brown has more experience um, throwing punches. Oh! Chris Brown. <laughs> My God, Austin, that was savage. <laughs> Uh, are you gonna go with Chris Brown? Or are you going I'm with gonna go with my boy. Whoa! Actually, cranky, watch it, oh, soldier boy. All right, we'll see if you're doing the Superman after this. All right, Austin. I think we are done with. Can you believe it? I can believe that. All right. And coolest or foolest. With our master of cool, Austin Cheney. Austin puts on his trivia hat in Austin Clever Cheney for our final section of the show. Austin, for all the marbles, which is really no marbles at all because we're just getting started and quite poor. Mm-hmm. The first Super Bowl was played between which two teams and who won? Well, if, if you don't know me, audience, um, you know I live and breathe sports, and I know my his, my football history pretty well. This is a good question. Um, first Super Bowl ever, Super Bowl one in nineteen sixty. It says sixty seven on my record. I don't know if that's true, um, but it was played in the Los Angeles Coliseum. With the great Vince Lombardi-led Packers going against the Kansas City Chiefs. And it was won by the Packers and Bart Starr. Ding, 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 ding. And Austin did not have the answer in front of him, folks. That's why we call him Austin Clever Cheney. And he stays on top with a 1-0 record. Gotta start off strong. If Austin falls below 500... He will be the subject of numerous terrible tasks he'll have to do around the podcast, so we'll keep you informed. If Austin stays above 100 by the end of the podcast season, he will receive a brand new case of beer. Woo! what I always wanted. All right, Austin. Let's see. We're coming up on the hour mark, so I think it's time to say adieu. Any last words? Uh, last words. I would just say, um, for those of you who've listened to this, I thank you. This is our first crack at it, and we probably screwed up, but, um, it's okay. We can edit that out, and, uh, I'm looking forward to the, another show like this, Keenan. This is gonna be fun. Yeah, I appreciate it, dude. Um, shout out to Beer for powering us through this show. And shout out to my co-host, Austin Chaney. It was a great first show. We'll balance it out a little bit, work on some stuff. And it'll really get better and better. Y'all so stick with us, I promise. I mean, I think we got some good opinions here on the board, and we'll see what happens. Signing out, it's Keenan Dunkley. And it's Austin Chaney. All right, take it easy, guys. We'll see you next time.